0: hello everyone and welcome back to my podcast ouch is it it is my third episode and i'm already not holding up what i promised but it is because I have a winter vacation right now in Denmark and I've had this project going for a while in my head. Um. So now it was time to put this dream of mine um, into the world. So I redecorated and painted my room. I also got a new bed. I did a lot of things in my room so i'm not quite sure if you can hear an echo or anything like that i'm not sitting uh as close to the microphone as i used to so i hope everything is still okay so i will try to do different settings and stuff like that like like i've mentioned before so I hope that although this episode is, um, late, (laughs) that you will listen to it, um, I, I hope there's not a lot of background noise, but I am sitting in my bed for this episode because it's quite late, as usual. (laughs) I just got done painting the whole room today, and some things are finally in my room like my microphone so i'm very happy that i can finally make this episode so in today's episode we are gonna talk about a quote-unquote murder it's not a murder because nobody dies but (laughs) you know um it's a survivor story and i've always wanted to do uh, a podcast episode about you know murders and what is happening and everything and it's not because of the killer it's more of the victim want to tell their story and i've i've heard this story before and i just found it very very interesting also very inspiring it's about a young girl who just fought her way to freedom because she just didn't want to let this awful guy win Uh, she she fought and i find her very inspiring so i so i want to tell her story again even though i i know there's a lot of interviews about her and i'm just gonna Talk a little bit about her today. I'm, I I don't want to reveal too much right now. I just want to tell a story and do some I don't know some I want to tell you my thoughts on it. So I think we should just start with this story. <laughs> so this is the story about Mary. Vincent. Mary Vincent grew up in Las Vegas and her parents worked for the casinos. Her mother as a dealer and her father as a machine repairman. Not atypical for teenagers. 15 year old Vincent often skipped school and later took off with her boyfriend. She lived with her her boyfriend for a summer in Saucele. i am not pronouncing that right i am so sorry (laughs) so suddenly california until authorities apprehended him on rape charges ouch vincent returned to las vegas but ran away in september 1978 and headed toward california to visit her grandfather in corona california Vincent had spent the summer sleeping in her boyfriend's car and was not hesitant to hitchhike her way across state. Lawrence Singleton slowed down his van to pick up Mary Vincent in Berkeley, California, on the morning of September 19th, 1978. Singleton was, a uh, Seaman by trade, and upon finding Vincent, told her with a kind smile that he had a daughter just about her age. He also told her that he had been heading to Reno, but would happily change course to take her to Los Angeles. Her destination, Corona, California, was on the outskirts of the city, and she initially accepted his family man demeanor. Despite his facade, middle-aged singleton reportedly had a temper and was a misogynist. His second wife recently divorced him, and his relationship with his teen daughter was strained, as they had fought earlier that year and never came back in contact. In the past, he'd been convicted of contributing uh, to the delinquency of minor and had a history of alcohol abuse. Vincent was also unaware of Singleton's instability and got into his van. When Vincent, Vincent lit up her cigarette, shortly after accepting the ride, she sneezed, and Singleton reached over to feel her neck, asking if she was sick. Mary didn't like the physical contact and pull out of his reach, but soon drifted off to sleep when he didn't try anything further. She even offered to help him carry some laundry at a stop along the way before nodding off, not thinking that anything was amiss. When she woke up, she realized they were way off course and driving back towards Nevada. Scared and angry, she found a sharp stick in the car and pointed it at Singleton. She demanded he turn the van around and take her to where she was headed. Singleton said uh singleton apologized and calm sorry singleton calmly apologize. that's what i s- want to try to say reassuring the teen and that he was just an honest man who made a mistake vincent believed that he was remorseful and the ride continued Singleton stopped the van to go to the bathroom, so Vincent got up to stretch her her legs. As she leaned down to tie her shoe, Singleton struck her by surprise. He beat her across the back of her head, punching her until she fell. Singleton forced his private parts into her mouth and told her to perform oral sex or else she would die. Then he dragged her to the back of the van and raped her. He told her not to scream or he had killed her and to obey him if she wanted to live. He then bound her hands behind her and drove for a while. Eventually he came to a stop, cut her hands free, and ordered ordered, to, ordered her to drink some unknown alcohol from a plastic jug. Woozy and confused, Vincent was repeatedly raved until she passed out. When Vincent regained Consciousness, Singleton was still there. He ordered her to lie on the edge of the road and she pleaded with him to set her free. He began saying, You want to be free? I'll set you free. As he went to the van to find something, he returned with a hatchet. Mary struggled as Singleton held her down and cut off her right arm. She screamed as she moved on to the other arm, severing it right below the elbow. He then shoved the naked and bleeding girl down an embankment into a culvert. He stuffed her into a concrete pipe and told her, okay, now you're free. He left her there, unconscious and near death. When Vincent regained consciousness, she was in a dire state. She was at the bottom of ravine, bleeding profusely <laughs> Goddamn english i am so sorry she was bleeding a lot she was alone and naked she mustered the strength to stand up and walk three miles out of the culvert which she later found out was del purito canyon i am still sorry about the names i'm trying my best she followed the sounds of the nearby freeway and raised her arms to keep the bleeding to a minimum Upon reaching the freeway, the first people who spotted her sped away in fear. A second couple, who had been traveling on vacation, stopped to her. They, they helped her. They wrapped her in linens from their car before driving her to a nearby airport. There they called an ambulance. All she could say was, He raped me. After the attack, 15-year-old Mary Vincent was resilient and provided law enforcement with such a detailed description of her attacker, people immediately recognized the police sketch. During her recovery, specialists fit Mary with prosthetics and she returned to school adapting to her new disability. When authorities apprehended singleton Mary testified against him. Singleton insisted Vincent was a prostitute, claiming he hadn't committed the crime. He also maintained someone else had been in the car, and Mary had threatened him with false false accusation. Singleton called her a, oh, a $10 night whore. Despite everything Singleton said... Mary stood up in front of the court and pointed one of her hooked prosthetic arms at him. Mary only refers to Singleton as my attacker, and she declared in a firm voice that he did this to her. Years later, when Florida police arrested Singleton for another crime, Mary unflinchingly testified again. Authorities had overwhelming evidence against Singleton and convicted him of multiple charges including kidnapping, attempted murder, and rape. Mary quickly left the courtroom after Singleton made a quiet comment to her. He later admitted that he'd only told that he told her, "I'll finish this job if it takes me the rest of the, my life." Mary was terrified. At home, she was having trouble with her family and felt isolated isolated at her specialized school for the handicapped. She moved away as soon as she graduated and became secretive about her life and location. Traumatized and depressed, Maria became, became anorexic, had trouble leaving the house, and saw many of her close relationships fall apart. She ended up living in fear for years. After serving only eight years and four months, San Quentin released Lawrence Singleton because he'd been a model prisoner. The public expressed a massive outrage against this crazy thing. <laughs> the unremorseful prisoner still claimed he was innocent and had never raped or dismembered Mary. Towns in California refused to allow him to move or live there, isolating him and making it so that he could not rejoin society as intended. Singleton ended up spending his parole in a trailer on San Quentin grounds under a curfew and watch of guards. He joined Alcoholics anonym- Anonymous and claimed he was sober. Meanwhile, Mary remained in hiding. Singaton felt that he was the victim in the attack against Mary and decided to sue her. While in jail, he claimed he considered the alleged event and knew he was not guilty. He said he remembered Mary threatening to accuse him of rape and that she had brandished a stick at him. He decided this was the reason he had become violent, maintaining mistreatment from the courts. He filed a complaint, suing Mary for forcible kidnap for the purpose of robbery. He feigned sympathy for Mary, claiming he almost vomited three times and could not sleep for several nights after filing. This suit never gained traction, and the courts dismissed it. Mary Vincent was not the only one who feared Singleton. His own daughter, Deborah, spoke at length about nature of her father and what he was like as a dad. When she found out he was getting out of jail, she also fled and hid. Asking law enforcement if there was any way they could keep him behind bars for longer. Considering how he had used his status as a father to lure Mary into his car, it only made sense in her own words. I asked California prison personnel What could be done to keep him in longer and I was told there was nothing. They suggested I obtain a restraining order at the time of his release. Sorry but I mean this is quite sarcastically. I tell you he is a a danger. I said that before the first crime. I've changed my name multiple times and and moving across state lines, and you all suggest a piece of paper that will tell him exactly where I am, what my name is, and not to come within, say, 300 feet of me. End of quote. Deborah's concerns were valid, as her father continued to commit crimes against women after his release. Finding California less than welcoming, Singleton moved back to his home state of California of florida i'm sorry where he was arrested in 1990 for pretty petty theft he was sentenced to two years but only served a fraction of the time in 1997 after his release he lured a young prostitute by the name of roxanne hayes to his home where he attacked her neighbors called the police, hearing the noise when police arrived they found singleton covered in blood with the body of hayes lying dead on the floor the mother of the three had been stabbed multiple times in the torso this time he was convicted of murder and sentenced to death penalty he died in 2001 on the death row finally giving mary some sense of closure however his early release while serving the sentence of for raping and dismembering mary left anger and sadness in those who thought hayes murder could have been prevented when mary vincent was a girl she wanted to be a dancer after singleton's attack her leg had to be used to reconstruct her arms this reality ended her childhood dreams childhood dreams of dancing years after her recovery vincent got married but then later divorced her trauma had caused her years of stress and depression eventually she became a mother of two boys from there, her life began to change for the better. She began to heal and establish close relationships as her new family became her life. Vincent also began to paint, draw, and sketch. Art has brought her joy, as well as new direction for her life. Some of her work- works are valued at $2,000 or more. She's happy. She has mostly moved past the label cast on her on her while singleton was still alive as she puts puts as she puts it most people know me because of who i am not just what happened to me they just assume i was born this way quote end so this was the story of mary vincent and i'm sorry for (laughs) so my pronunciation it is quite late (laughs) But I really wanted to retell her story and get her story out there because she really went through a lot. And I think it's, it's ex- inspiring how this young girl got through something so, so violent. First of all, it was a hammer she was baiting her in the head with. After that she was struck, then raped for a whole night. She then got her arms cut off and thrown down a cliff where she then climbed up and walked for hours to end. Um and it's just like how is that even possible, right? Like like that sounds so so wild. Like it sounds impossible. But she did that, like <laughs> meme no. But she really did that, and I'm so impressed. But no one should ever, ever go through what she went through. I I also know I want to add some some more details to the story because I know for a fact that she um, when she laid on the ground um, after she was thrown off this cliff, she wanted to go to sleep. As she said in her own words, she really wanted to go to sleep. She was so tired. And she just kind of gave up for a moment. And was like, "I'm I'm just going to sleep. But right before she went to sleep, something in her told her that if she goes to sleep now, she will not wake up. And if she will not wake up ever again this man will never, never go to jail, and maybe she will never be found, and maybe this guy will never be found, and that was the motivation for her to live on, and that is why she's alive to this day, and wow, right, like, what your mind can do in those situations is crazy, and the, the way that he just, you know, he looks like a grandpa. She lo- Like, he looks like he could be your grandpa. I just, why, right? Like, I know that you don't like females, but why does it always end up in, like, murder? We also have several um, Danish female murders. In, and there was... I think it was especially in the 70s and 90s where there was a big, it was a big thing to kill women because of women hatred. I just don't understand it. Like, why do you feel the need to rape and murder a woman just because someone else don't want you? It's not like, it's not a general thing that women don't want you. I've never had a boyfriend in my life. And it's not like I'm out here murdering, um, you know, men. Because it's like, I've never had a boyfriend. I hate them. I have a hatred towards men. Therefore, I'm going to go out and kill them. Uh, Never. (laughs) I am, I just don't, I I, I don't, I think, you know, in general, I don't think anyone understands these kind of people. These types of people. And the crazy thing is that most of them are not deemed crazy. They have a normal IQ and sometimes a higher IQ. And they st- they know what they're doing and they're still doing it. I just don't... I can't wrap my head around it. Um, And there's a lot of other murders I really want to talk about. This I started off with a kind of positive one even though it's very 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 gruesome but you know she survived and is alive to this day and i'm so happy she is but not all murders ends up like that and um i there's some really interesting danish murders that um i don't think Like the general pop, uh, basically, yeah, mm, the general public knows anything about because I'm Danish and lots of these murders I didn't hear anything about. And I think that people would find them interesting because they are interesting. We have some interesting murders, and I think it's kind of refreshing to hear, um, you know, murders not from America. And there's just some murders that I'm like, of course it's America <laughs> because it is so crazy and absurd that it can't be anything else in America. And this is one of them where I'm like, this is so crazy that this can only happen in America. I don't believe there is a country where this has happened in or what I know of. But when I, when I heard this story, it was like, this is in America, <laughs> I just know it. I just, I'm happy that he is dead, because he, uh, he, he scares the living shit out of me. A lot of people does. <laughs> There's one guy, um, that I just he scares the shit out of me. His name is. Peter Lundin and I'm gonna do an episode about him too because um he's he's Danish but he grew up in I think he was born in Denmark but grew up in America and he killed her his uh mother in America almost got away with it got caught and then came to Denmark and was like first of all he was like i hate denmark (laughs) and then he (laughs) he came to denmark was like denmark is a part of me and everyone who are danish is like no get out of a country this is no thank you you are a murderer get out of here but yeah he's in a danish jail so he is still in denmark and then we have peter um i'm pretty sure you have known or know pita messen yeah he was the one who killed kim wall Val. <laughs> um the swedish reporter yeah he killed her in the submarine i don't know if it was a yellow submarine i'm sorry i should not be joking about this it's just so crazy i d- what and then he tried to like I think from a month or two ago, he tried to escape jail with a false bomb, and it was like, why do you want attention? You dismembered a woman, and a submarine. You made yourself like, you, get over yourself. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. Um, but yeah. There's things that's really really interesting about murders and then there are things to where i'm like i don't want to know anything about this um gory details is not something i enjoy but if you have the stomach for it i think it's very very um important to listen to that too even though it is not something people enjoy but i think generally these type of stories tell us what people are capable of and what you should do in this situation and what you shouldn't do and that's how you learn and it's sad that people had to to die for someone to um live but that's just how we learn you know we make mistakes and other people make mistakes and that's how we learn so it's 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 a it's a sweet thing here right and i can go on and on about this i really could um but then it just became it just becomes rambling and you don't want to hear my ramblings <laughs> but not only the details and and the story about uh the victim that are very important it's also this psychological in these colors what happens? Can we, prevent, can we prevent it? Can we somehow study the brain of a killer? I would have loved to study Ted Bundy's brain. Even though I'm, I don't know anything about brains. <laughs> but if I did and I had his brain, I think that would be very, very interesting. To see if anything in the brain was different. Uh, I don't remember, but um, there was a killer who got executed, and they actually got his brain. And he had a very high IQ, and he still killed these women. You know, women hatred. Just it's, it's so common. <laughs> and they got this man's brain, and they studied it. But they they just started to study it. But the brain got stolen. I, I don't know who wanted the brain, but someone stole the brain. At least they took a picture of it, so that's positive. But they couldn't um, research the part that they could see was different. Something in his brain was different from Orr's normal people's brain. And that is such a shame because I think that you could use a lot of that um information for now and I just ah, uh, I just wish that this brain didn't get stolen like come on we have fucking Rasputin's penis at display can't we just <laughs> can't we just get a brain um but yeah I I think this is a lot more than just murder and death and violence it's it's about people it's about say logical and it's about the victim and it's 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 about the situation it's about surviving it's about learning and it's about learning about law also because there's of things about the law in denmark that i don't know anything about and there's well there's one law And that's the rape law that I'm quite against because in Denmark it is like we would rather have 10, um, I think it's 10 guilty people or one, no, one guilty people, uh, a person let go than 10 innocent people go to jail. But it's still like, Oh, why do you want to let this guy go if he is guilty? Yeah. Um, and the rape law here is you have to prove, not just by semen, but by marks and stuff like that, that you have been raped. If you can't prove that you, it was so violent, then he can't be charged, even though they would find semen in you. Yeah. They could literally just put the semen on the table and be like, we found this from her. This is the video of us pulling the semen out of her. He couldn't be convicted of that. He wouldn't be considered guilty. And that is disgusting. So we are trying to get this law uh, changed. And I hope that works because um, God forbid I get, you know raped and you couldn't, you know, prove it. I just, ugh, I hate that. Ugh. Also, like, why? I just want that question to be answered, especially by, by men and the, the woman hatred, women hatred that people have that men have. Especially the insults. Like, why do you want to kill women like... What, what is What is wrong with you? I mean, at least the German cannibal asked his victim. And got consent, consent from his victim that he wanted to be eat it, eaten. Is it cool? No. Is it still gross? Yes. Is it still wrong? Yes. But at least he got consent, right? I just... Why murder these innocent women who just didn't have anything to do with you and your divorce? Get over it. Honestly. Yeah, there's a lot of things I want to talk about. <laughs> um, But yeah, all in all, this is a very interesting story. You should definitely go and listen to her talk. Maybe research her a little bit. Because she's a very, very... Interesting women who survived this attack. And I hope the best for her in the future. And, God. Yeah, she's amazing. I want to do a lot more of these kind of episodes talking about it. I may even dedicate some special episodes to murder cases and interesting cases like this um but let's see so i think this is for now and i just want to say thank you so much for tuning in again even though i'm late (laughs) and i hope you enjoyed this kind of gruesome episode and i will see you next monday